Welcome back into The Voice Series. Excited to have this guy on the program. Uh, first time on the program as there's a lot of things going on. Trying to get things opened up for 2022, obviously after the State of the Union speech uh, yesterday and uh, the elections coming up in the midterms later on this year. A full slate of things get done all over the country. But right here, excited to have on the program right now, the governor of the great state of Oklahoma, it's Governor Kevin Stitt with us. Governor, how are you, my friend? Oh, doing great, Andy. Um, just uh, down here in Oklahoma City today and uh, excited to talk to you guys. Yeah, no, we're excited to, to chat with you. There's a lot of things you guys have been doing in in Oklahoma, obviously with COVID that's put a lot of damper on it. But I got to give you guys credit. Uh, you guys were one state that really fought a lot of those mandates and, and really tried to keep things open as much as possible. How did you guys fare through uh, the COVID pandemic and and now trying to reopen once the quote-unquote pandemic's been, uh, I guess, classified as over for the most part? <laughs> yeah, well, we, we uh, were one of the states that never, never shut down. I mean, I, I basically said, listen, we have got to uh, take care of our hospital workers, our nurses, make sure they have all everything that they need. But we also need to keep our kids in school and we need to keep our businesses open and i think that uh, when you look at the when we do a post-mortem on this whole last couple years i think the way that we handled it was the right way there's no difference everybody had the same three surges uh you know we had the original covid surge and we had the uh delta and then we had the omicron and so every state experienced the same thing because this is a virus i knew that from the very beginning and uh, just so proud of, of where we're sitting so right now Oklahoma uh, has the lowest unemployment we've ever had in our state's history. Wow. Uh, we're number three in the country at 2.3%. We've got a budget surplus, largest savings account we've ever had. Uh, so people are starting to take notice of Oklahoma, the freedoms, the pro-business policies, uh, compared to some other states uh, around the country that were uh, more the uh, mandate lockdown states. Yeah, they definitely love to lock themselves down for at least a good year or two. How was agriculture affected when it came to COVID-19 and uh, with some of the processing plants, with some of the work visas that came in, some of the farmers and ranchers? Uh, was that affected poorly? And, uh, and are things about back on track in that industry? You know, the thing that I've heard from the agriculture industry, obviously, it's, uh, you know, labor. It's been hard to get people back to, uh, uh, you know, to find the great employees. So well, that's why we got rid of the federal unemployment benefits, you know, faster than any other state to try to get people back in the workforce because um, it's just so important. Supply chain issues are, are some of the things I'm also hearing from other parts of the country. But as a general rule, again, uh, we've been open the whole time. Um, so I think our farmers and ranchers fared pretty well through this. Uh, commodity prices, I think, are, uh, are, are holding up pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're pleased with where we sit right now. Uh, in the state of Oklahoma. Yeah, that's great news. Absolutely. Let's shift gears a little bit and let's talk about the economy for a second with inflation. Obviously, it's been hitting the country poorly, you know, seven, seven and a half percent inflation all over the nation. Uh, Right now, you guys have extremely low taxes in the state of Oklahoma, which I give you massive props for. And a lot of people really enjoy those. But how are you guys faring with the inflation down in Oklahoma? Yeah, you know, it's it's at a 40 year high and it's just amazing to me, this administration uh, in Washington, uh, they choke off the supply of oil and natural gas, and they wonder why the price at the pump goes up or why your electricity bills goes up. They don't understand supply and demand. And so I sent a letter to President Biden yesterday telling him to stop buying oil from Russia. We're feeding their economy, and we've got producers in Oklahoma and in North Dakota and Pennsylvania and Texas and all over this great country 
that actually can provide the energy needs of Americans. And instead, this administration is basically trying to slow down permitting processes, drilling permits, and uh, it's just unbelievable to me. But, you know, I'm, my job as governor is to protect Oklahoma, and so uh, we cut taxes for every single Oklahoman last year, both business and uh, individual. We instituted the earned income tax credit. I'm also proposing to get rid of the grocery tax, which really hurts uh, everyday uh, Oklahomans because um, inflation, like you said, is really costing everybody more at the gas pump and at the grocery store. So I'm excited to get that across the finish line. Um, here's the deal. My, my job as governor is, is to is to hold the state agencies flat. And so I've been holding these budgets flat. Uh, we have 2,000 fewer state employees than just a few years back. And so as a businessman governor, uh, my job is to run state government kind of like a business. And I'm holding people accountable. And that's why you're seeing great fiscal responsibility uh, with the state budget, which is really the taxpayer's money. Yeah. So I'm always fighting for the taxpayer uh, at, in, in uh, Oklahoma City. It's amazing. It's amazing to watch that because while most states are coming out of the pandemic and saying we need to raise taxes, that we need to try and figure out more spending, expand government size. I mean, you guys are doing the exact opposite, which is what you exactly need to do. How difficult is it to do that agenda coming out of what we just came out of the last couple of years? Well, you know, it, it, change is always hard. Um, but as the CEO of the state or the governor of the state, I've got 33,000 state employees. I look at state government like, uh, like a big service organization. And we all want the same thing. We want the best roads and bridges. So I've, I've, I've rolled out a plan. You know, borrowing costs are super, super low. I'm using some federal dollars. And I've, I've got a plan to invest about $13 billion in infrastructure, rural highways. I'm trying to put shoulders on all the rural two lanes uh, throughout Oklahoma. Uh, so we got a great $13 billion, 10-year plan to invest in infrastructure across the state. But it also comes down to education, infrastructure, uh, health care. Everybody wants the best health care and then uh, the best economy. So if I focus on those four things, I think I'm doing my job as the CEO of the state. Uh, leading Oklahoma. So we're, it's amazing what's happening. People are taking notice all around the country. We've got our populations growing. We've got 40,000 more people in the workforce today than we did um, uh, just since April of 2020, people moving in uh, to our state. Yeah, amen to that. We're talking with Governor Kevin Stitt from the great state of Oklahoma. Let's talk about education for a second and as some of the reforms you guys have been working on in the education system and with the teachers. I know there's been some issues going on there over the last couple of years. Talk about what you guys have been working on here. Absolutely. Well, it's called the Oklahoma Empowerment Act, and basically uh, it gives we, – we want to fund students, not systems. So we want to get put parents back in control of their kids' education, give them more choice, on where their kids go to school, whether that's a private school, whether it's a charter school, whether it's a great public school. And we've got a lot of great schools in Oklahoma, but we want a portion of that per pupil spending to be able to go wherever the parents want. And, you know, we know that there's not a one size fits all in education and some kids need special uh, assistance and whether it's dyslexia or uh, an IEP, we want to make sure that that kid basically has a scholarship to go find the best education that fits their needs. And, you know, school choice should not be just for the rich. I want it to be for every single Oklahoman. And the fact of the matter is our test scores are not where they should be. And when I look at what other states are doing, they're doing exactly what I'm proposing in Oklahoma, and that's putting parents in charge, 
and getting more school choice. It's really nice to hear because I know that's kind of a hot topic going into especially this election season after what we saw out of the state of Virginia just last year where we really had Democrats just coming out and saying, hey, by the way, uh, parents, you don't have a say in your public education system and we don't want you dictating the curriculum. (laughs) I I think this is going to be a hot topic going into this year, don't you think? Oh, 100%. I mean, you look at the Virginia race, um, you know, that's that's where Oklahomans are too smart. What's going to happen is, your big teachers unions, your big union bosses are going to be trying to spread disinformation to all of Oklahoma saying, oh, it's going to defund public education. That's simply not true. Oklahomans are too smart for that. Actually, it's going to help uh, the schools that are performing like the parents want. They're going to be more attractive. They're going to get more money to their schools. If they're getting their kids college ready or career ready, they've got nothing to worry about. But if you're in a failing school, hundred percent that superintendent should be scared because kids are going to leave and why are we standing in the way if you're an f school uh, or you're not meeting the kids or you're trying to indoctrinate the kids or you're teaching uh, you know stuff that parents don't want let the parents let the parents move and uh, and and, and I, this is another example that I always have people say is hey it's, it's public dollars well, that's right. Let me let me give you another example. We spend eight billion dollars of your taxpayer dollars in Medicaid, mm. and I don't force everybody on Medicaid. Uh, the pregnant women, children, uh, blind, age, uh, disabled, uh, and then the working poor that are on Medicaid to use one government-controlled doctor. We have multiple uh, for-profit doctors, hospitals, and we have choice in our medical system. So. We want to bring some more choice into our education system as well. Amen to that. Last question before we let you go. I know you're a busy guy, and I appreciate the time very much, but let's talk about the medical marijuana in Oklahoma. You guys passed that uh, just a year or two ago. I've heard a lot of success with individuals that are growing, that are selling, that are using it all across the board, but talk about it. Has it been a success in your eyes, and what can you guys do to continue to uh, grow that industry in a safe manner? Yeah, well, we've had – uh, the industry has just exploded in growth in Oklahoma. And uh, a lot of people would tell you that's not a good thing because there was a lot of illegal stuff going on. And so I rearranged uh, who was overseeing that uh, agency. Adria Berry is now the head of what we call OMMA and got her working with OBN and all the OSBI folks and all the different law enforcement. And we had a huge, huge bust last week where we took down uh, some foreign bad actors, a bunch of uh, uh, Chinese nationals that were buying land in Oklahoma and then setting up illegal growers, uh, grows. So I think we busted about 13 grow operations. One of them down around the Duncan area, or she got the Duncan area, uh, had 500 buildings on it. Wow. It was unbelievable. And it was all illegal. And so, and then we arrested, we actually froze accounts and some California banks that they were laundering money. So it was a huge sting. Uh, it was a, it was a, a great deal uh, for Oklahoma to get back control and make sure law and order will be, um, will be enforced in the state of Oklahoma. Amen to that. Well, a lot of states are going down this road, and as you guys try and you know uh, tweak the system to make it more efficient, to make it more safe, it's it's good to see that you're able to do that. Is there a chance, and I know a lot of people have asked about this, uh, as they try and push that boundary and try and push that line further and further, is there discussion in Oklahoma to move that from more of a medical marijuana to more of a recreational stance? 
Well, there's certainly petitions out there. So what happens is in our state, it's pretty easy to get something on the ballot, which probably should be changed. So you have these left-wing groups, these special interest groups come in and and get petitions signed. And that's just a a note to Oklahomans. Don't sign those petitions uh, if you're walking out in in the fair or whatever and somebody's standing there. Make sure you know what you're signing because it's so easy to get on the ballots in Oklahoma. I caution everybody from just signing those uh, petitions because – but there's a move right now. They've actually filed something to have full recreational marijuana. Listen, that, I think that's bad. Our young people do not mean to be doing drugs. Marijuana is not good. It's not a medicine. Uh, so I am against it. I, I don't think it's the right thing for our state. And uh, But it, it's law right now, the medical marijuana. But everybody knows how much of a joke the medical marijuana is. And it's basically, uh, um, it's basically anybody with a hangnail can get a uh, medical card. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's kind of my last follow-up on there was, what are the regulations right now to that, and do you think they're a little loosey-goosey? Well, I, I do, um, and uh, unfortunately, so when that, something goes on our Constitution, I don't want to get too much in the weeds, but uh, as Oklahomans list this, when something's voted on and goes into our Constitution, it's not by legislation, so the legislature can't change the rules. That's why these special interest groups go and put something on the ballot and get it into our state's constitution. And so now medical marijuana is in our state's constitution, and uh, it was set up, and it was written poorly, and it was misinformed. Because, listen, if medical, if marijuana helps somebody and it's, and it's actually being used um, to help someone, Oklahomans are generous, and we want to make sure we do everything we can to help people that, are, that, that need that type of medicine. Yeah. Uh, but really, it was just, um, it was a situation where, um, it was kind of the, the camel under the nose under the tent, so to speak, and it's really uh, more recreational than anything. Yeah, amen to that. It's Governor Kevin Sitt from the great state of Oklahoma. I love the state of Oklahoma. I love what you guys are doing. I love all the stuff that you guys have been able to stand up for over the last couple of years, and we appreciate your time. Governor, let's get you, let's get you back on the show and do this again real soon. Let's do it. I'll do it anytime. Thank you so much for having me, and thanks, Oklahoma. Y'all have a great day.